0: Chapter Nine of Behind the Scenes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kateri Click. Behind the Scenes by Elizabeth Kekley. Chapter Nine. Behind the Scenes. Some of the freedmen and freedwomen had exaggerated ideas of liberty to them it was a beautiful vision a land of sunshine rest and glorious promise they flocked to washington and since their extravagant hopes were not realized it was but natural that many of them should bitterly feel their disappointment the colored people are wedded to associations and when you destroy these you destroy half of the happiness of their lives they make a home and are so fond of it that they prefer it squalid though it be to the comparative ease and luxury of a shifting, roaming life. Well, the emancipated slaves, in coming north, left old associations behind them, and the love for the past was so strong that they could not find much beauty in the new life so suddenly opened to them. Thousands of the disappointed, huddled together in camps, fretted and pined like children for the good old times. In visiting them in the interests of the relief society of which I was president, they would crowd around me with pitiful stories of distress. Often I heard them declare that they would rather go back to slavery in the South and be with their old masters than to enjoy the freedom of the North. I believe they were sincere in these declarations, because dependence had become a part of their second nature, and independence brought with it the cares and vexations of poverty i was very much amused one day at the grave complaints of a good old simple-minded woman fresh from a life of servitude she had never ventured beyond the plantation until coming north the change was too radical for her and she could not exactly understand it she thought as many others thought that mr and mrs lincoln were the government and that the president and his wife had nothing to do but to supply the extravagant wants of every one that applied to them the wants of this old woman however were not very extravagant why well, mrs keckley said she to me one day i has been here eight months and mrs lingham ain't even give me one ship bliss god children if i had a known that the government and mr and mrs government was going to do that our way i never would I come here in god's world my old mrs used to give me two shifts every year i could not restrain a laugh at the grave manner in which this good old woman entered her protest her idea of freedom was two or more old shifts every year northern readers may not fully recognize the pith of the joke on the southern plantation The mistress, according to established custom, every year made a present of certain undergarments to her slaves, which articles were always anxiously looked forward to and thankfully received. The old woman had been in the habit of receiving annually two shifts from her mistress, and she thought the wife of the President of the United States very mean for overlooking this established custom of the plantation. While some of the emancipated blacks pined for the old associations of slavery, and refused to help themselves, others went to work with commendable energy, and planned with remarkable forethought. They built themselves cabins, and each family cultivated for itself a small patch of ground. The colored people are fond of domestic life, and with them domestication means happy children, a fat pig, a dozen or more chickens, and a garden whoever visits the freedmen's village now in the vicinity of washington will discover all of these evidences of prosperity and happiness the schools are objects of much interest good teachers white and colored are employed and whole brigades of bright-eyed dusky children are there taught the common branches of education these children are studious and the teachers inform me that their advancement is rapid I number among my personal friends twelve colored girls employed as teachers in the schools at Washington. The Colored Mission Sabbath School, established through the influence of General Brown at the 15th Street Presbyterian Church, is always an object of great interest to the residents of the capital as well as to the hundreds of strangers visiting the city. In 1864 the receptions again commenced at the White House. For the first two years of Mr. Lincoln's administration, the president selected a lady to join in the promenade with him, which left Mrs. Lincoln free to choose an escort from among the distinguished gentlemen that always surrounded her on such occasions. This custom at last was discontinued by Mrs. Lincoln. Elizabeth! I was sewing in her room, and she was seated in a comfortable armchair. Elizabeth, I have been thinking over a little matter as you are well aware the president at every reception selects a lady to lead the promenade with him now it occurs to me that this custom is an absurd one on such occasions our guests recognize the position of the president as first of all consequently he takes the lead in everything well now if they recognize his position they should also recognize mine i am his wife and should lead with him and yet he offers his arm to any other lady in the room, making her first with him, and placing me second. The custom is an absurd one, and I mean to abolish it. The dignity that I owe to my position as Mrs. President demands that I should not hesitate any longer to act. Mrs. Lincoln kept her word. Ever after this, she either led the promenade with the President, or the President walked alone, or with a gentleman the change was much remarked but the reason why it was made i believe was never generally known in eighteen sixty four much doubt existed in regard to the re-election of mr lincoln and the white house was besieged by all grades of politicians mrs lincoln was often blamed for having a certain class of men around her i have an object in view Elizabeth," she said to me in reference to this matter In a political canvas it is policy to cultivate every element of strength. These men have influence, and we require influence to re-elect Mr. Lincoln. I will be clever to them until after the election, and then, if we remain at the White House, I will drop every one of them and let them know very plainly that I only made tools of them. They are an unprincipled set, and I don't mind a little double-dealing with them. "'Does Mrs. Lincoln know what your purpose is?' I asked. "'God, no! He would never sanction such a proceeding, "'so I keep him in the dark, and will tell him of it when all is over. "'He is too honest to take the proper care of his own interests, "'so I feel it to be my duty to electioneer for him. "'Mr. Lincoln, as everyone knows, was far from handsome. "'He was not admired for his graceful figure and finely moulded face, "'but for the nobility of his soul.' And the greatness of his heart his wife was different he was wholly unselfish in every respect and i believe that he loved the mother of his children very tenderly he asked nothing but affection from her but did not always receive it when in one of her wayward impulsive moods she was apt to say and do things that wounded him deeply if he had not loved her she would have been powerless to cloud his thoughtful face or gilded with a ray of sunshine as she pleased we are indifferent to those we do not love and certainly the president was not indifferent to his wife she often wounded him in unguarded moments but calm reflection never failed to bring regret mrs lincoln was extremely anxious that her husband should be re-elected president of the united states in endeavouring to make a display becoming her exalted position She had to incur many expenses. Mr. Lincoln's salary was inadequate to meet them, and she was forced to run in debt, hoping that good fortune would favor her, and enable her to extricate herself from an embarrassing situation. She bought the most expensive goods on credit, and in the summer of 1864 enormous unpaid bills stared her in the face. "'What do you think about the election, Elizabeth?' she said to me one morning." i think that mr lincoln will remain in the white house four years longer i replied looking up for my work what makes you think so somehow i have learned to fear that he will be defeated because he has tried and has proved faithful to the best interests of the country the people of the north recognize in him an honest man and they are willing to confide in him at least until the war has been brought to a close The southern people made his election a pretext for rebellion, and now to replace him by someone else, after years of sanguinary war, would look too much like a surrender of the North. So, Mr. Lincoln is certain to be re-elected. He represents a principle, and to maintain this principle, the loyal people of the loyal states will vote for him, even if he had no merits to commend him. Your view is a plausible one, Elizabeth, and your confidence gives me new hope. If he should be defeated, I do not know what would become of us all. To me, to him, there is more at stake in this election than he dreams of. What can you mean, Mrs. Lincoln? I do not comprehend. Simply this, I have contracted large debts of which he knows nothing, and which he will be unable to pay if he is defeated. What are your debts, Mrs. Lincoln?' they consist chiefly of store bills i owe altogether about twenty seven thousand dollars the principal portion at stewart's in new york you understand Elizabeth, that mr lincoln has but little idea of the expense of a woman's wardrobe he glances at my rich dresses and is happy in the belief that the few hundred dollars that i obtained from him supply all my wants i must dress in costly materials The people scrutinize every article that I wear with critical curiosity. The very fact of having grown up in the West subjects me to more searching observation. To keep up appearances I must have money, more than Mr. Lincoln can spare for me. He is too honest to make a penny outside of his salary. Consequently, I had, and still have, no alternative but to run in debt." "'And Mr. Lincoln does not even suspect how much you owe? "'God, no!' this was a favorite expression of hers. "'And I would not have him suspect. "'If he knew that his wife was involved to the extent that she is, "'the knowledge would drive him mad. "'He is so sincere and straightforward himself "'that he is shocked by the duplicity of others.' he does not know a thing about any debts and i value his happiness not to speak of my own too much to allow him to know anything this is what troubles me so much if he is re-elected i can keep him in ignorance of my affairs but if he is defeated then the bills will be sent in and he will know all and something like a hysterical sob escaped her mrs lincoln sometimes feared that the politicians would get hold on the particulars of her debts and use them in the presidential campaign against her husband and when this thought occurred to her she was almost crazy with anxiety and fear when in one of these excited moods she would fiercely exclaim the republican politicians must pay my debts hundreds of them are getting immensely rich of the patronage of my husband and it is but fair that they should help me out of my embarrassment i will make a demand on them AND WHEN I TELL THEM THE FACTS, THEY CANNOT REFUSE TO ADVANCE WHATEVER MONEY I REQUIRE. END OF CHAPTER NINE